When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune. I'm Maya, a singer, songwriter, video maker, Oakland native, and vaccine supporter. I'm also a big fan of history. I love untold stories, gross facts, and secrets, anything weird, dark, and funky from the past. So each day I'm going to share a few of my favorite deep cuts with you. So let's take a look at today's stories. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon I'm gonna teach you stuff, no it won't be tough Gonna go a year till you've had enough It's 365 Long before the coronavirus swept the United States, there has been many other viruses plaguing the American people. In the 1950s, the biggest threat was polio. And on this day in 1954, a group of children from Arsenal Elementary School in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, became the first group to receive injections as part of a mass inoculation effort against the virus. Poliomyelitis, as the virus is formally known, was most commonly spread through fecal-oral contact. Yep, through accidentally ingesting poop, and could often be contracted through poor hand-washing habits or consuming contaminated water, as well as from coughing or sneezing. Once introduced to a person's body, the polio virus worked by spreading from the gut to the central nervous system, where it began to weaken the muscles and can even eventually result in a type of paralysis, usually in the legs. It's theorized that polio traces all the way back to ancient times, with some historians believing that certain ancient Egyptian carvings that look like children walking with canes or people with withered limbs depict victims of polio. Symptoms of polio were recorded every century for hundreds of years, but only put into context when the epidemics began around 1900. Although researchers had tried several experimental methods over the course of the years to treat polio, including increasing vitamin C intake and surgical nerve grafting procedures, there was still no cure by the early 1950s. But by 1952, infection rates of polio had soared to 57,628 cases in the U.S., making the epidemic one of the most deadly viral outbreaks in the history of the nation. Most of the people who got polio were very young. A majority of cases were discovered in children between 5 and 9 years old, and only about a third of the cases are reported in people over 15. That meant that the appetite for some kind of vaccine was high among worried parents, who hated to see their children suffer, or put in an iron lung, a motorized device that worked to expand and contract the chest cavity to simulate normal breathing after the virus had taken hold. Polio plagued the Western world for much of the early 20th century, one particularly notable sufferer was former President Franklin Delano Roosevelt, whose legs were permanently paralyzed by the disease after he contracted it during the 1921 outbreak at the age of 39. Although Roosevelt was older than most who contracted polio, he still required braces to walk for the rest of his life, and founded a grassroots organization known as the March of Dimes in order to help pioneer a defense against polio outbreak. By the late 1940s, the March of Dimes had snagged Dr. Jones Salk, from his position as the head of the virus research lab at the University of Pittsburgh in order to help develop a vaccine. 
Salk was well known for discovering that there were actually 125 different kinds of polio sorted into three basic types, and that in order to be effective, a vaccine would need to tackle all three types. Eventually, Salk grew his own samples of the polio virus and then practiced killing them by introducing a chemical called formalin. Because it deactivated the virus, Salk's vaccine made it possible to immunize patients without infecting them. Later on, a man named Albert Sabin developed his own version of the polio vaccine that involved patients swallowing a weakened version of the live virus in order to inoculate themselves. Yikes. Soon, that version of the vaccine became even more popular than Salk's, largely because it costs less to obtain. And together, both vaccines have helped to virtually eliminate instances of polio in the U.S. The COVID vaccines differ from the polio vaccine in that the COVID vaccines are the first ever to use an information-coding molecule to create an immune response to the COVID pathogen. To really understand how different cultural attitudes about vaccines are today, imagine this. After widespread polio vaccinations began in 1954, the vaccine was discovered to have caused a sudden outbreak of about 200 cases, and in one instance even led to the death of a 7-year-old girl. But instead of reacting hysterically and refusing the injection, the public waited for researchers to investigate the breakouts that had caused the failure. Eventually, it was discovered that the outbreak had been caused by just one faulty batch of the vaccine, and production standards were permanently improved to make sure nothing like that ever happened again. By August 1955, around 4 million shots of the polio vaccine had been administered, and cases in the U.S. dropped by about 40% in just one year. Although it's common these days to hear people talking about being reluctant to take a dose of the existing vaccines that have been developed to fight coronavirus, that reluctance was virtually non-existent in the 50s, and it's part of the reason the vaccine has been so effective. To this day, the CDC still recommends that every child in the U.S. be given an inactive polio vaccine, IPV, as a series of four shots at two months old, and widespread inoculation has helped to virtually wipe the disease completely out of America. In the first six months of 2020, only 41 polio cases were reported, compared to anywhere from 50,000 to 100,000 per year in the 50s. Let's switch gears to music. Today, in 2006, the iTunes Music Store reached the landmark number of 1 billion songs sold. Early on in February of that year, iTunes had added a little counter to its webpage that had slowly been ticking upwards to 1 billion songs legally streamed and sold. And on February 23rd, they finally hit their mark. According to Apple, the lucky user to unknowingly download the billion song was Alex Ostrowski of West Bloomfield, Michigan, and the song he downloaded was Speed of Sound by Coldplay. Ostrowski got a $10,000 gift card for iTunes for his trouble. I wonder what songs he bought. And now for today's final segment, I'm going to be looking at my own photo archives to see what I was up to on a February 23rd in my life. On February 23rd, 2020, I got my first jury summons. I was not very excited. I have a photo of me literally crying when I got that the message in the mail that I had been summoned. Um, Nothing is quite a shock to the system in making you realize that you're a legal adult until you get summoned for jury service or whatever. I don't even know because I actually forgot to call in on the day that I was summoned. (laughs) 
I went on a road trip with my friends and I completely forgot that I wasn't, I was supposed to call in and see if I was going to actually need to like do anything. I instead drove down to Santa Cruz with two of my, or th- with three of my best friends. Um, and I remember re- like remembering in the car that I needed to call them. Um, so as we were driving down to Santa Cruz, I had like really spotty service. I called um, City Hall or wherever, I guess you have to call in. And I was like, I'm so sorry. This is my first time that I've been summoned. I had literally no idea. I completely slipped my mind. And she was like, oh, you're fine. And I was like, really? She said, yeah. And it was, it was like so reassuring to hear this woman on the phone who was just like, yeah, don't worry. You're fine. People do this all the time. And I was like, okay, cool. So I haven't been summoned since. I really hope that I don't get summoned. Um, Here's the hoping. I guess we'll see. (laughs) Thanks for listening and I'll see you tomorrow. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and follow at 365 Days MXM Tune on your preferred social media platforms. I'll talk to you tomorrow and let's hope between now and tomorrow, I don't get a jury summons. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so... Don't leave too soon, I'm gonna teach you stuff No, it won't be tough, gonna go a year till you've had enough It's 365